me and what was like really crazy um was that each and every time we went into the each and every time we went into the OB appointments his heartbeat was so strong like every single time it was so strong and we ended up um I ended up having to like make a decision by um by like 20 weeks I think it was or like you know if if you make it 20 weeks they're basically um when I got off of the phone with my OB when I was like 19 weeks she was basically letting me know that the baby could pass like within a week or next two weeks and so um they're like you know if you make it to 20 or 22 weeks then you need to like make sure you make that decision because um like the because getting an abortion won't be an won't be an option basically is what it was so when 20 like 22 we like 22 weeks it came around or 21 weeks came around it was like between 20 and 22 weeks that i had to let her know (laughs) 22 22 sorry um yeah so it was between that time that we I say we because me it's like I know that it's my body and my decision and what I want to do and what's best for me and like of course like me and my existence you know or me 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 I get it on the other hand it's very important to me it's very very important to me to consider him my love um this person who I decided to create life with for the rest of my existence on earth and to re- to to learn and experience the rest of life with and so it's very important for me to consider him so yeah we made the decision decision together i had to ultimately like know in my heart like okay do i want to do i want to keep going to the doctor and waking up every morning and checking you know what it looks like down there and what the signs are and what's going on and and you know have the anxiety of like everyone asking me how are you doing how's everything going how's baby what's the pregnancy like and and that type of stuff because those types of questions were really difficult for me and so like I really had to ask myself like is this what I want to go through is this what I want to do is this part of my existence here and so we we did talk about that and like my sign was that I walked had walked in by myself and the time was like nine the time was one 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 um which is like follow your intuition and follow your gut instinct and so my intuition was telling me like like don't like to not end the pregnancy to continue the pregnancy and to continue um like fighting because you know like um to continue fighting because I knew that as a mother I needed to do 
everything in my power to make sure that the baby was going to be okay, whatever that meant. And I didn't see abortion as a solution. I didn't see ending the the pregnancy as a solution anymore, especially after the conversations that I had and the encounters that I had. So, um, after that gut feeling like, well, when you go to a Kaiser appointment, especially because it's COVID now, the female goes in, you get, check your vitals and everything. And then they let you get ready for your ultrasound. And then they, um, go and get your significant other from the waiting area and bring him in, bring them in. And so then, that's what happened and it like I had I saw 111 when my love wasn't in the room and then when he came in like I asked him and I was like we really have to like make the decision right now and he was like yeah I know and and then we like had a really good um conversation and then we prayed and ultimately made the decision to continue the pregnancy and we let the doctor know. She was so sweet about it. She let me know that I was valid for feeling the way I was feeling and like for making the decision that we made for continuing the present pregnancy. Like we weren't crazy for continuing the pregnancy and a lot of like the other OBs like kind of made it clear of their feelings of like what I should do and so um she made it clear that like she's like you're I want you to know like the fact that you've made it to like to 21 weeks is beating the odds and so it it makes total sense that you guys are making this decision and I'm like proud of you and you're doing a great job of like how you're handling this and I it meant so much to like have that validation from the doctor to like tell me like no you're like you're you're valid you know what I mean to have that validation from someone who's like who I could you know understand that would be like no it's best for you to just call it you know what I mean and that wasn't it that wasn't that wasn't it and she understood that and I love that it means so much to me and so like with that being said like we um we just went home and as you know the pregnancy just continued and October came around and um my biggest goal was like okay like just make it to Halloween just make it to Halloween because um making it to Halloween was like 30 weeks was like super close to the full development was like and technically, like, if he was, tw- if he was, um, excuse me, if he was, like, 30 weeks, then he would be, like, 28 weeks if he was really two weeks behind in development. And, like, so I was, like, doing all these, like, crunching all these numbers. And I was, like, I need, I just want to make it to, like, I really just want to make it to Halloween. Please make it to the 31st. That's what my goal was. And so... I had planned to have my to have the baby gender reveal on October 9th and 
I had already bought everything um, for the gender reveal and then I had let my mother in love know like I sent her the links for like the powder but like the powder you know that she, she um, could get in the right color <clears throat> and then um, and also at this point in the pregnancy I had already like been trying to positively like manifest that the baby was going to come out healthy and the baby's going to be okay and I was going to go full term and so I was already putting the baby registry together for the baby shower so the baby shower registry was already done and the stuff for the gender reveal was already purchased and um, mailed so we had that going because I had planned for um, October 9th and then um, October 6th came around and um, it was like a totally normal day uh, my love was going to a studio sesh that night um, with one of his producers and um, out in LA and they went to um, they were there f like he was gone <clears throat> until like probably about 1.30 in the morning and that's like totally normal so like also um, my mother in love she went out like it, it was um, she went out that night and was going to be home in the morning and so we had okay so it was like a totally normal day my love had a studio session planned that for that day or that evening basically uh with his producer one of his producers and they went out to LA and had a studio session and then my mother in love she went out um, it was going to be back in the morning. And so it was just me and my daughter and my little brother in love. And we talked. We were like, you know, kicking it. And I ordered us Chick-fil-A from DoorDash. And then we, um, like, when we were having dinner, I, like, felt weird from eating. And then, um... I went to shower. I went to bathe Ayla. I, I, I went to bathe my daughter. And then after we were done with that, we were sitting on the couch watching a little bit of TV. And I began to cramp. And it was like 8.30 at night. And um, I began to cramp. And then it, like, it was like um every 30 to 45 minutes and it was happened for like two hours and then um we ended up going downstairs to our room and um we were just relaxing like watching a movie down there together she was watching like Lorax like I had put it on for her but I was watching um I was watching the <laughs> I was watching Yes to the Dress is what I was, like, hooked on um, at that time. So, 
I was watching that, and then I was also just, like, communicating with my love, like, hey, I'm cramping, and it feels like it's consistent, I'm not really sure, I'm just wanting to communicate with you, and, like, let you know that, like, I'm feeling a little anxious, and know that, so that you know what's going on, and he's, like, totally supportive, like, it's, you're gonna be okay, and I'm, I'm, um, on my way home soon, so just know, like, um, I'm gonna be there so soon, and then, um, I was texting my mother in love, and she was just, um, being really supportive, and had, um, you know, it, it was pretty late at that time, it was about 10, 30, 11, 30, so, um, was like, points where, she didn't text back and I'm assuming you know, I w would assume that and she was letting she let me know that you know she was just like in and out of sleep and I um can totally understand that and she, um she just like explained that like you know in that those in that moment she was like completely in and out of sleep and that's totally understandable so um I obviously didn't really know for sure that I was in labor like I was like is this Braxton Hicks what's going on I'm not really sure exactly so um I just wanted to make sure that I was communicating to my mother-in-love and <clears throat> my love about what was going on and so when my love got home it was about 1 30 my daughter was already sleeping and um, at that point the cramping was about 10 minutes apart and I was like this is serious and I love you like we actually need to go and like find a ride there or like uber or we can like call the ambulance have you know mother in love come home and Dylan's upstairs I mean and um her like you know our brother in love is up upstairs and can come down and <clears throat> be with our daughter downstairs in her room while uh we we leave so that's what we were like trying to figure out very quickly and um very fortunately i called my best friend VG and she <clears throat> answered like two three rings and it I'm telling you it's like 1 45 in the morning and I'm like hey she's like are you okay and I was like no and she's like what's wrong and I was like I think I'm in labor are you busy right now and she's like no and I was like are you I was like can you please come and get me and take me to the hospital take me and me and my love to the hospital please and she was like of course like I'm I'm gonna be there in 10 minutes don't worry about it and I was like okay thank you so much and then she clicked and was over literally like in 10 minutes um and then you know we jumped in the car and we drove over and it was incredible we ended up pulling up literally like pulled up to the ER and it was 2 2 2 a.m on her car and I was like what and so like we went in everyone like 
when we were checking in, the people were really kind. They, like, um, we went in upstairs, and unfortunately, like, they held Anthony back for a while before they, as they hooked me up and, like, tested uh, me and make sure that, like, you know, to see what was really going on. And then they saw that, like, Anthony, they saw that my love, like, needed to, like, be present with me. And so um, he was invited into the room. And then, um, then um, my, like, then the OB that was, like, on call that night came in and she brought the, um, then they, like, let the OB, so after my love was brought in, they let the OB that was on call know that I was there and that I was in labor and that they couldn't find a heartbeat. They were having a really hard time finding the heartbeat. And so I was having a really hard time, like, dealing with that. And um, I was, like, just quiet and praying over and over that, like, I'm creating happy and healthy babies. Like, what my affirmation was um, throughout this whole pregnancy and my last pregnancy. So um, I kept saying that and, and affirming that. And so the OB came in with the ultrasound machine. Um, she was able to find the heartbeat, which was so, like, gratifying. And I was so, so, so grateful. And then they, like, put the other small machine on me. OB, uh, they let the OB know that was on call, that they were having a hard time finding the heartbeat. So then... The OB came in with an ultrasound machine and used that to f try to find the baby's heartbeat and was successful and that was really satisfying and made me really happy because <clears throat> I was really afraid, excuse me, I was really afraid in that, in those moments, just like if um, it had happened inside me, I was afraid of that and um <clears throat> So it's just like was that was really difficult and then after um after that she was just explaining to me like what my options were and like what um <coughs> excuse me what my options were and what I could like potentially do and my understanding was that we were going to have like a my my understanding was that we were going to have a C-section for sure because that was in best interest of me and baby from the like physical action of going into the uterus and removing the baby and the placenta physically um eliminates the potential of the abruption hemorrhaging and me needing a blood transfusion and me dying and all those um what ifs so that was my understanding it also like was best for a baby because baby could get it's quicker you know f to cut open and grab and give to NICU rather than you know who knows you don't really know how long you're pushing for and it could get to a point where it turns into an emergency section and 
anyway. So, um, in that, in that moment, I had already known that I, I had already knew that I was there for a C-section, but she made it really confusing <clears throat> for me, excuse me, when I was making that decision, because she made it seem like the NICU, the option of having the NICU help the baby and take the life-saving measures on him would be an okay option after I gave birth to him naturally. It was really confusing the way that she put it. And there wasn't nearly enough time at all for me and my love to have uh, an effective conversation about like if we wanted to potentially consider having the baby naturally and if we did then we, we could do comfort measures is what she finally got to the bottom of <clears throat> her understanding and then finally made us understand is that comfort measures is what would be appropriate in that sense is what I already had the understanding and comfort measures refers to simply just um, naturally giving birth and then just um, skin to skin you know until baby passes naturally um, and I had already made in the decision in my mind that physically like here on earth that if I have the choice to like do everything in my power to help my son survive or help my child survive you know do everything in my power to help my child survive and help <clears throat> and so so then I'm going to do that because as a mother that's what I need to do like you know, <clears throat> everything in my power to make sure that he's going to be okay, that he gets the help that he needs. And that was my intentions completely. And it was really frustrating to have her be so, like, in my face about uh, the obvious potential of him passing away. And he, she really rudely and like in a really disgusting way made it very clear like your child's gonna die if you have him vaginally or your child's gonna die if you have him c-section your child's gonna die if you have him naturally and your child's gonna die if you have him via c-section and either way, it's going to be a traumatic experience is basically what they were telling me. And so that was, like, really difficult for me because I was like, why did you even bring up having him naturally when we already had this understanding? But obviously, we didn't have this understanding because, unfortunately, Kaiser has, like, this weird system with their, like, 
um, OB department and there's like seven or something or eight OB. So there's like some type of like split shift system going on where like half of them are doing the appointments in the Kaiser office and then half of them are doing the on-call emergency OB issues at the ER in the main hospital so like there's this <clears throat> so when you go into Kaiser where I'm at anyway um there's like multiple OBs so each each appointment you go to is with a different OB and the OB that, um, the OB that delivered my daughter is the same OB that delivered my son. So, mind you, but I've never had a actual prenatal appointment with her. Like, she, I've never seen her in the office at, like, the Kaiser office where I have made prenatal appointments ever. So, I was, like, kind of taken back by, like, the fact that it was her again. And I didn't have the greatest experience with her either last time. So, it was kind of difficult. But I was, like, trying to just, like, love my way through it and be okay. And so, that was just hard. Um, <clears throat> I ended up making the decision to do the C-section, and once I said that, there was, like, multiple people coming in. It was, like, totally a scene out of Grey's Anatomy. It was totally a scene out of Grey's Anatomy. I was, like, there was, like, so many people doing so many different things. I was, like, being shaved, and I was, like, being poked. And they're like, take your earrings off and your jewelry and um, your hair up. Here's your hairnet, your booty. Like, they're getting me ready and set for the OR. Like, it was real life grays, guys. It was so... Mm. I was like, okay. And, like, they was, like, wheeling me on the bed. And I was like, bye, love. I love you. And, like... He was like, I love you too, you got this. And, like, I'm wheeling in and they're like, um, there's, like, two, uh, there's two different ways to numb when you, like, have that surgery. So, you could do a spinal tap or general anesthesia where they put you fully under. And the spinal tap is, like, a numbing from, like, a numbing of the body, of the spine. Basically, you're basically paralyzed from the neck down or something like that. And, um, I'm sorry if I'm not right about that, by the way. Um, <clears throat> because for me, like, my understanding was that I was going to get a spinal tap, but as they were wheeling me into the OR and they, like, were like, can you scoot over on your own? And I was like, yes. And I, like, scoot over onto the OR table. And then they're like, all I hear is, like, general. And I'm like, and the anesthesiologist is like, okay do you know what that means and I was like yes and he's like okay we're gonna we're gonna put you fully under now and I was like okay that's fine you just need to let 
you need to let my love know because he's got big feelings and he cares a lot about my my well-being so it's very important that you make sure you're very clear to him about like what's appropriate and where he needs to be and like all that type of stuff and he they like the nurses were like okay like for sure we're gonna make your you know of course not for sure of course you know type of thing and like so <clears throat> and so um then we went in and then the anesthesia I just put the mask over my head over my mouth <laughs> with the anesthesiologist let me know that <coughs> excuse me the the anesthesia is going to be a little spicy in my throat and then he put the mask on and then like um it went black after that <coughs> like I have no memory of what happens like between then and then I like begin to hear and when I begin to hear um I just hear things like um it was quite short but it was over and over like you know Angela are you okay can you hear me can you move something um they let me know like baby They let me know baby and dad are in NICU and um, that the surgery went well. Everything's going to be okay. Are you okay? Can you move anything? Please try to move anything. You know, and I was like trying to move my feet because I could hear all of this. I'm hearing all of these people talk to me, but I'm not physically able to move a muscle or open my eyes or respond to them in any way <clears throat> but my conscious is like I'm able to like hear them and I'm able to like you know I'm here like my physical I'm here and my physical is here you know and I'm like I'm aware of my physical body and I I feel like I move my foot or my toe I moved like way down. I was like, it was like way down below my, you know, mind, my up here. And so, where my, like below my mind. So, I, um, was just. (coughs) 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 I found myself screaming that I was awake and that I was okay and I was alive and like that I was trying to move my feet and I was trying to open my eyes and wave and like grab and everything like take the like just I was trying to move as much as I could but I couldn't and it was the scariest thing. And this guy is like, I'm screaming and these people are talking to me. And then the anesthesiologist is like opening my eyelids over and over. Um, and I like see him and I see the OR and I see like um, the nurse. And like, it was 
definitely like an out of body experience. It was definitely crazy. Um, it was definitely crazy to experience, like for sure. And um, it goes black like shortly after. It just goes blank again, like like I was like um, put under again or something like that. But it just went blank. Like nothing happened. It just was like you're that's it like it was black and then uh I began to like open my eyes I'm not really sure how long afterward of course but I began to open my eyes and then I see a clock and the tv and I'm in this big room and it's nice I'm like, this is weird. Why am I over here? But it's nice. I'm not mad. And then there's like a person, a nurse, and another nurse, and like a a nurse that's like in a different color. Two women and a guy, a male. Two women and a man, and like uh, they notice that I'm awake, and they're like, "Oh, hello! Like, welcome back!" And I'm like like smiling with my trying to smile but I'm um intubated I have like I'm intubated you know it's like taped up your cheeks and then the tube goes down your throat and if you know about like what it being intubated is is like they inflate a balloon down at the bottom of your esophagus or your your throat or something like that to like control the airway the airflow so that the machine is the ventilator machine is actually pumping air to the lungs and then coming back out into the ventilator and you know the process continues and so um I'm like trying to respond as well as possible with that in my body and um so that was a little difficult and I was like I was um I found myself like extremely dehydrated and I could only imagine like whatever at that point especially like whatever long however long I was with the intubation in my mouth is obviously going to be dry because it's sitting there open and so I was trying to like sign water. Um, I like know the alphabet in sign language, or else I th- at least I thought I did, and I totally forgot how to do T. And so um, I did W and A, and then like a nurse couldn't, the other nurse like couldn't get it, like the two nurses couldn't get it, and so then another nurse came in. And she was like, "What are you trying to say?" And I did like uh, this, like this sign. That's like, it's technically Y, but it's like hang the hang loose like sign. Um, but um, like I did it like towards my mouth. But mind you, like when I woke up, I realized that like I was put in the um, psych ward constraints like wristband things that are like connected to the bed and so I didn't have the opportunity to like fully put 
my hand to my like mouth so I was just doing the action like from my wrist and um, she saw that and she understood like oh you need a drink and I was like yeah like I'm dehydrated she's like yeah and she's like you need the water and I was like nodding my head and she's like we'll get it for you and I would like sign like thank you from my wrist and so um yeah I was like just patient they were like getting a lot of stuff ready and like making sure that I was okay <clears throat> just like of uh, running like my vitals and that type of stuff and then um during all of that it was what was really difficult was that I was just like realized that the sound of the ventilator was like matched the matched my breathing like I would and like I would hear the ventilator like you know like make the noise where it like sucks down and like <clears throat> it's just really uncomfortable I was like what the this is kind of weird like what the heck and um so that lasted for like 20 minutes I was waiting for someone to come so we so I was waiting for a particular person to come and extubate me so it took about 20 minutes and um <clears throat> when they he came he like explained to me what was gonna happen and how I was gonna do it and like what I should do like I should how I should try to breathe um in a certain way and so um he like did something to like in to deflate the balloon and then like pulled it out of my throat and it was really not it is not it that ain't it uh. so yeah like that was really uncomfortable <clears throat> that was a relief and the first person that I talked to after I was finally able to like breathe and talk on my own when they finally pulled like the extubate when they extubated me I looked <clears throat> excuse me I looked over at my nurse and I was like hi and she was like hi I'm Aurora and I was like well I was like hi and she was like hi and I was like, what's your name? And she was like, my name's Aurora. What's yours? And I was like, I'm Angie. And I was like, nice to meet you. And she's like, it's nice to meet you. And she's like, are you okay? And I was like, yes. And I was like, thank you for your help. And she was like, you're welcome. <clears throat> and then, like, my nurses were amazing. Like, shout out to my nurses. They're freaking amazing. Um, all my nurses that were, like, for me that like you know you encountered me thank you um and <clears throat> so then like after you know I finally got some water and then I um the first phone call that I had to the room was my dad and that was like really nice to just be able to like talk to him and like <clears throat> he was 
let me know like what happened I didn't really know exactly what happened I didn't ask I just like kind of thought it was normal to wake up from a c-section the way I did so I was like oh I must be in the um like I must be close to the labor and delivery room like I wasn't I didn't feel like I was like out of place so um my dad was like are you okay and I was like yeah and he was like uh I was like the baby's in the NICU and he was like that's great and I was like yeah and then he was like you scared me and I was like what do you mean and he was like you scared all of us and I was like what are you talking about and he was like your mother in love let us know that you weren't waking up and I was like what and he was like you weren't waking up and he was like the doctor said you weren't waking up and I was like what are you talking about and he was like you weren't waking up that is what I'm saying like you went under and you weren't waking up like that's what they told us like and I was like okay my gosh like I didn't know like and then it like my first instinct was like I'm sorry to scare you like it wasn't my fault I'm sorry I didn't know you know like it wasn't my intention to like have a near death experience and scare everybody you know but <laughs> I'm like I'm like I love you dad and I'm I'm here and I'm I'm so happy to hear your voice and talk to you you don't understand he's like he's like well same over here like you know and so we just like talked for a while and he like um I was so glad that I was able to, like, uh, talk to him. I think it was really significant that he was, like, first, that I was, like, first to talk to him. Like, I love my dad. He's great. Shout out to my dad. You did a great job raising me. Um, so, on that note, the next person that, um, like, called was my love, and he was on his way to the NICU to see the baby and then he let me know that he was going to come see me afterward and so I was excited for that and and then when he came he let me know his like point of view and like what happened when I was like um on the ventilator and and whatnot so I um just want to give you like a small snippet of like what my love went through like he um went to like he they allowed him to go into the OR for the c-section which they usually don't do because when they put you under general they usually don't let the significant other in there and so but they did, and then he, you know, received baby, and, like, they, w he went with him to NICU for a little while, and then after, a, it was, like, the same time that I wasn't waking up, that they had kicked him out <clears throat> of the NICU, and said that I had tested positive for COVID and that was like really difficult for him because he was like 
what do you mean I can't be in here? Like, then go get me a COVID test. Like, go get me a rapid COVID test. And then he sat there for hours. And, like, every nurse that passed by, he was like, can you get me a rapid COVID test? You have them. Like, you can get me any type of COVID test, and I will patiently wait. Like, what's the issue? And um, then, fortunately, like, they were, like, super rude about it and, like, didn't, didn't fulfill that until, like, until basically I was waking up and then they finally were like oh it's okay I'm gonna give you we're gonna give you the COVID test oh looks like you tested negative here you can go and meet your like go and see your kid again and see your your wife because guess what she's waking up like it was just really uncomfortable and quink and dinkle if you know what I'm saying so it was like (laughs) just really like it really tested like I don't know your my trust with like that expertise and so it was really difficult to like experience to know that he experienced that and like As much as difficult as it is, as it is for the the female, it's absolutely a hundred percent more like it's a hundred percent just as difficult for the male that is in the situation. For real, that's just real life. And some men can be tapped into that, and some men aren't. And I'm really lucky that my man is truly. Um, yeah. So after he went to go see Baby in the NICU, he came to see me, and then we talked for a while about what, like, happened. He let me know that we had a boy. I was like, what, what is, like, hello, what's the baby? And he was like, it's a boy and I was like oh Andre and he's like yeah and I was like oh my gosh do you love him and he's like I love him I was like oh my gosh I can't wait to meet him and then like he showed me pictures and you know he's in the little like incubator with like all the little thingy things connected to him and then and I just I uh, was like oh my gosh I'm so excited to meet him and then Anthony was like and then my love, uh, he had to go to the restroom, so he decided to go potty. And then um, when he was going, I got a phone call, and it was Nikki. And they were like, can you please send Dad down to the NICU? And I was like, yeah, of course. And then so I sent, um, so I, like, was just waiting for Anth- for my love. I was just waiting for my love to get back from the bathroom. And then he walked in and was walking fast and was like I have to go down to the NICU can I take the phone and I was like of course he had left his phone um in VG's car actually I think it was or something like that or on the his studio he had he just didn't have his phone we only had my phone um so so he was like yeah he was like the I didn't even get to pee. The nurses let me know that I have to go down to the NICU. And I said, okay. 
go, go, go. I love you. Thank you for like for being there for our son. And then um, he said, I love you too. You're welcome. And then ran out. And um, then like minutes later, the nurses came in and they like were like, are you ready to go meet your son? And I was like, really? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then um, I didn't know that I was like ready to do that physically and I was like are you sure I can do this like I physically can do this you're sure and they're like yeah we're gonna help you and I was like okay cool like I didn't know I don't know how this works like my last baby was natural and so she was like it's okay we got you and then they like asked me how I was feeling and I let them know that like I understood that God has a plan for me and that no matter what um no matter what I want or what like I think is best like God is gonna make the decision at the end of the day and like I am gonna have to live with whatever that decision is and so I already had that understanding so um I let them know that on the way there and then we were like we got there and we rolled in and and my love was holding Andre and I was like you're holding him that's amazing and then he looked at me very serious and I knew in that moment like that I had reacted in like the wrong way it wasn't it wasn't like the right way or I just I realized in that moment that him holding him wasn't a positive thing and then I said oh is he I said did he pass away is he And then he just nodded and was like, (coughs) excuse me, he was like, yes, mama, he, he passed away. And then I said, okay, may I hold him? And then he was like, yes. And then they like got me comfortable and set me up with some pillows and stuff. And (coughs) I realize now that it's like, I met my Like, I met my son's physical body. And his soul and DNA, like, his soul and DNA courses through me and is always with me. This is... As his mom, so it's just really difficult for me. It has been difficult for me. I think I'm definitely in a better place now, but it's been difficult for me to wrap my head around the fact that I met my son dead, and that's like just really difficult for me. 
but I'm understanding now that I met my son's physical body. I met his, like, vessel, like his, you know, his little boat, his little life, you know, his, the physical part of him. And I had the opportunity of studying him and you know I watched the nurses and my love give him a little like washcloth bath and they um, put him in this sweet jacket that I put on this lion that I refer to as Andre or AD Andre David <coughs> And, um, yeah, like, this line is really significant, a little tangent. It's significant because, um, lions are my love's favorite animal and, and elephants are my favorite animal. And my daughter, I really, like, encourage my daughter to like elephants and so, and my love was really excited to encourage our son to like lions so I put this particular lion on his registry and um I ended up asking my life coach to like she asked me what I wanted for my birthday and I asked her for this stuffed animal And it means so much to me. I sleep with it every night. And I'm, like, so unashamed of, like, rekindling that, like, child part of me that loves, uh, like, loves stuffed animals and, like, cherishing them like that. I used to have, like, a grip of them when I was growing up. My dad used to love that I, like, I say that. I said that he still love it. <laughs> yeah, no, he didn't really like it all the time because I had so many. It was like my entire bed could be filled with them. But it wasn't like a particular, like, thing. It was like I had a plethora of different... I had, like, Braveheart... Anyway, I'm sorry, I'm tangenting. I'm tangenting. Anyway, I'm just really glad that I, like, have rekindled this love for um, stuffed animals. And I'm sharing that, like, with my daughter. And um, I get to, like sleep with my son you know and I just picture him like um just being you know he would he's technically um six months April 7th so that is really significant because that's his half birthday and that means it's been half a year since his transition and that's really scary for me <laughs> but I'm handling it and I'm doing this work from source and honoring him in this way and it means a lot for me it makes a lot of sense to me and is doing a lot for me and I think that's what matters you know yeah
just wanted to share that you quick tangent. But yeah, they uh, gave him a quick little bath and put him in this sweet little jacket that we got to take home. Excuse me. <coughs> and um, they also had a lot of different like keepsake trinkets that we got to take home, which was really um, really dope. That like they have there's like a community out there that's like just out there willing to like particularly help with people who go through this type of stuff it's like man it's it's a lot let me tell you but it's definitely you like it's you can get through it you know it's definitely what I need to make clear is that you can <laughs> um sorry let's continue so they let us know that we had the opportunity to, <clears throat> excuse me, have Andre, like, brought to the room if we wanted to spend some quality time with him or, um, like, special time with him. Because down, like, in the bottom of the hospital or something, they have a mortuary, so they're able to, like, keep his body so that, like, preserve his body so that we're able to, um, just, you know, be with it for our stays is what we're, like, what was appropriate, um, so we um <coughs> excuse me he was born friday and then we went home sunday night and said like our final goodbyes on sunday night um to his physical body and then knew that we had the opportunity to say goodbye one more time at his funeral service so we were looking forward to that so that's like basically the experience as a whole obviously it's very clear um i mean if if you're not uh aware of like grieving or grief um it's like never ending so the experience if you will really like is never ending in my opinion so I'm just sharing like this part of this experience um, and I definitely have learned a lot and I'm really like this part of this experience has been most traumatic and unpleasant. Yeah, overall this experience has been traumatic and unpleasant. And it makes me feel inspired because although it took me a long time, it felt like to actually see the positives in this experience and in the past year of my life I have 
built this renowned strength and faith in myself that is like never before and I'm really grateful for that so the last thing to close up that experience is that it's just so important to like know that like the little things matter my son was one pound seven ounces and even though he was so little and dead technically I still loved him like with everything in me and looked at him with like he was the purest thing on this earth and so I just want you to know like I want to make it like very clear that we all have the capability to so it's time to see this experience through the mellow magnifying glass so let's get into it i made a list you know me and my lists let me tell you i love lists period okay i'm unashamed so Here's my list of the little joys that I have magnified very, very much, (laughs) very much so. Um, Number one being, number one being that I got the pee on a stick experience when we found out I was pregnant with my daughter. We found out at the hospital because I thought I was sick, so we didn't get the pee on the sick experience. And this time we did. I had the opportunity to surprise the father of my children on Father's Day with the potential of me being pregnant. And that was actually, like, I actually was pregnant and I was sick that I was able to accomplish that. Like, that really is... um, like gratifying um another thing that i magnify like i said before is the undeniable strength that i have within myself and i that goes back to just the simple fact of if you didn't know that when you have children when you you know create life as a woman your body is sharing you know, blood and and DNA and cells and that type of stuff. So even it, no matter what your child does afterward in regards to surviving, you're always going to have your ch- child's DNA coursing through your blood. So, I recently, like, just thanked Andre for my warrior blood, is, like, what I refer to it as. And I just told him, like, thank you for, you know, installing this strength in my, in my blood that's, like, coursing through. It makes me feel like I can handle anything and I can tackle anything and overcome any situation and and we have the abilities to do that like 
we have the ability to handle any difficulty. The next thing that I wrote was, um, it's clear to me who's a part of my soul family. It's clear to me, like, who means the most to me and who I can count on and who's reliable and who's not. And, like, who is open and who's closed and who's, like, all the things to that effect. It made it very, very clear to me about that. It made it clear that I... Like, there are areas in my life where I don't have control and I have to be okay with that. Like, period. There's no going, like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it, for real. I have to be okay with the fact that there's things that I cannot control. Period. I had the opportunity and the honor to have my first son, my very first boy, and um i get i had the opportunity to like continue a lineage and name my son like put put i was able to give my son the last name zerpolo which is my dad's last name and my one of my brother's last names which is my last name Oh, sorry. Which is like, you know, my family's last name. It's, and it's just an iconic name for me and my, just my experience. Like, I, um, it just means a lot. Um, I had the, I, I had the honor of experiencing his physical body and like what his vessel would have been like. Um, in the physical um, sense with me and that was an honor um, I magnify the fact that I'm alive I magnify the fact that I'm still here and I came out on the other side and I've come out on the other side of that entire experience and I'm still here until this day doing this and honoring him and and stepping out of my comfort zone and doing something that feels totally weird, balls off the walls, sorry. But like, yeah, it's really uncomfortable, but I'm enjoying myself, but I'm also pushing through walls, if you know what I'm saying. But yeah, <clears throat> excuse me, the next thing that I wrote down was I see my daughter in a new light. I like, am able to be more present with her and love her the way that I really want to be able to love her um now we also have like a whole guardian angel upstairs that like just is watching over us and that is so so incredible um I see death in a new way I like love dead flowers I like enjoy like I almost in not enjoy an encounter with death but like um like I don't want to watch no scary movies don't ever ask me to watch a scary movie I'm not that's not me I'm not with the horror movies and the horror scenes and the horror horrors and blood and else I'm all about the like animation Pixar Disney 
like that type of stuff and Disney's really like slowly doing their they're walking away from yeah anyway um but like that's yeah but what I'm trying to like explain I guess is like I appreciate death it's like I see it as a new beginning or a different ending you know it's like I don't know. I see it in a new light is what I'm trying to say. You know, like I said the first time. <laughs> so, um, oh yeah. <clears throat> the next thing that I'd like to magnify is since this happened, I have recommitted myself to Christ, uh, to Source. And that was an incredible experience at the Lighthouse Church. The worship was so powerful and um I'm just really grateful that like I was able to be reminded that I'm not alone and that <clears throat> excuse me that like the provider will always provide and he he continues to show me that he does and um has never stopped showing me that he does and will never stop doing it not stop never stop being there for me and so yeah I just want to magnify that <laughs> um the last two things is that um many different relationships that me and Andre's dad are like a part of or have encountered or like you know family relationships and like things to that effect have been like mended, morphed, or rekindled in some kind of light. And um, I'm just like really proud of like the work that my son has done behind the scenes. Like he's, he's such a warrior. He's done so, so much and I'm so proud of him. Um, the last thing is, the last thing is that this experience has taught me so many things about myself that I need to know many things about myself that I need to unlearn and just reminded me excuse me reminded me who I was who I am at my core which is love and light and instilled that that strength in me that I can tackle and can handle any cards that are dealt or any situation that comes up and any difficulty that comes up because we are 100% capable of handling every experience with love and we have the we do have the strength and the ability to see each and every experience that we have on earth with <clears throat> with positive intention and with light behind the eye. So, I'm just really grateful that like it this experience has shown me the significance in the little things. My son being uh 1 pound 7 ounces and that like life is short and his life being simply seven hours and 
Uh, seven seven hours has moved mountains, you know, and um, it's incredible like what magnifying the little things can do for you, and that's what I'm here to share with you guys. So yeah, I'm grateful for all these things and my son and and my life and the opportunity to love the world this way. So yeah, the last thing that I am going to leave you with in this episode is what you can expect going forward. And you can expect episodes on Fridays at 7 a.m. And you can find them, um, you can find them where you find your podcasts. It's easiest to find on YouTube. And if you prefer only the audio then and if you prefer only the audio then it's really uh it's as simple it's simple it's as simple as typing rss.com into your search engine and then mellow magnifying glass into their search option on the website and then you'll see all the options all the places that the podcast is posted and available so just know that um is always available to you guys also um there's going to be an added segment to mellow magnifying glass called the mellow talks and it's just going to consist of conversations with people whoever you guys may want as guests or whoever i feel like is I, like I want to have a like Alan as guests, and we would just basically be like chopping it up about whatever topic that you guys may have let me know about, or whatever topic that I may think is really um, important to hit, and just to like, or maybe even a top, even just something that I think like a particular person would just be sick to talk about with, like, um, yeah. So that's just what that segment is about like definitely expect me to roll a few so don't be surprised you know what i'm saying that's all i gotta say i i want to make it clear that my the podcast is inspired by my son and inspired by the difficult experience that i had and i'm bringing light to that and make it clear that there's going to be a plethora of topics that are going to be talked about and to not solely expect things that are about pregnancy or women or um, angel babies and those like things to that effect. I really want to make it clear that there is going to be a spectrum of topics so everybody can possibly have something to take from this because you know that I just want source to speak through me. And I don't know what I'm doing, but you know it's me. Okay, yeah. So that's how I feel. That's a wrap. And I'm always going to leave you with this. Life is what you do. Every day you wake up, it's a blank canvas that you get to fill with our experiences. And it's a new opportunity to begin again. To start fresh. And that's just something that you just...
searching for something from source and I'm able to provide that for you and I'm so excited to even have this opportunity to do this. So thank you guys so much. Don't forget to stay connected on the socials. At Mellow Magnifying Glass, it's the same across all the social medias. 